And if you're available to uh, worship with us on New Year's Eve, um, this is just a continuation um, of Psalm 30. And so we're going to read verses uh, 6 to the end. Um, And so if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you're at home, if you want to go get the Word of God, it's always good to get it and to mark it up. I just want to invite you um, to open up the copy of God's Word together. And let me start reading from verse 6 together. So here, this is God's Word in Psalm 30. This is a psalm of dedication from David at the dedication of the temple. And this is verse 6. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Um, as we come into uh, this new season, wait, first, Josh, can you turn me down a little? It's a little loud and twangy in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, much better. Yeah. Today's sermon, um, as we come to the head of this new year and we look at uh, the end of Psalm 30, um, I'm entitling today's sermon, Dancing in the Pit. Uh, dancing in the pit, and um, I'm excited to get into this word with you. Uh, It's our New Year's word before we get into our new sermon series next week. Uh, Next week, we're going to start a new sermon series in uh, the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, Um, and we're actually going to be preaching nine times uh, through the book of Revelation, and I'm excited to do that with you, and um, one of the reasons is I know that the book of Revelation is, for many of us, kind of the the hardest maybe book in your Bible, and maybe it's a book that is very unfamiliar for you. You never knew exactly how to use it, and so you never used it, and you never uh, went to it. Um, But uh, I I really think that, you know, there's a lot in that book that can really help us in this time. And um, we just went through the book of Daniel, and I feel like we have a lot of the tools, and we have a a, a lot of the pieces to make sense of the book of Revelation together. And so we're going to be doing the book of Revelation for nine weeks together. Uh, But before we do that, today I want to give you Psalm 30 um, at the head of this year, um, a a sermon that I'm calling Dancing in the Pit. Uh, You know, this week is kind of college football championship week. And this past week, uh, one of the, the teams, Wisconsin, um, they won their championship football game, and um, they were really, really happy, obviously, for uh, winning this. They've worked all year for it. And in the locker room, they all got together, and they were dancing with their trophy. And for those of you who saw this clip, you know what um, is coming up. But the Wisconsin football team, they're dancing all together. You know, they're dancing because they had reason to dance. They won the, the trophy that they had been working all year for. And, but in the middle of their dancing, they dropped their trophy uh, that was made out of glass. <laughs> and what, they, what happened is, you know, somebody's filming on their phone, I, I guess, but they drop their trophy, and what they see is they're, they're, the thing that they worked for all year just shattered all over the floor of their locker room. And you just see the shock on their faces, and you see how quickly they go from dancing to mourning. 
um, as they drop their trophy. I don't even know if it's replaceable, but they drop their precious um, glass trophy. And, you know, they go from uh, dancing to mourning. And it was, yeah, it was kind of tragic. I'm sure they'll be fine, uh, but they dropped their trophy. And in a lot of ways, that kind of felt like 2020. In a lot of ways, that felt like uh, we went from, um, I remember doing this last year. I remember getting together and looking forward to the year uh, with the, the sanctuary full and doing this. And there was a lot of expectation, 2020, kind of marking this new decade. And um, a lot of preparation for dancing. Um, but in March, we were hit uh, with mourning. And in a lot of ways, I felt like that was kind of an illustration of what happened last year. But as we kind of enter into this new year, as we enter into 2021, I think that all of us, we have this hope for a new beginning. You know, we all want a, a kind of a, a fresh start. And um, we all want to see what 2021 has in store for us. And we all hope that it's the opposite of what happened to Wisconsin, <laughs> that we hope that in some ways that 2021 in all of us is going to be a moment of mourning to dancing uh, for all of us. That's, that's kind of our hope collectively, right? Today, as we look at this psalm and as we look at the second half, this psalm is a psalm that was given at the dedication of the temple, the dedication of this new beginning, this temple that they had built, uh, this great project that they had completed, and they had hoped that this was going to be a new start for them, uh, for the people of God at the temple. And so this is a, a psalm that they had used here, that David had written, and it was used in a time when they were hoping for a new beginning. And uh, as we look in this psalm, what we're going to find out is there, there's definitely new beginnings in the Lord, but it's maybe not the way that you would expect. Um, what you find out in this passage is that there is a new beginning for the people of God, uh, but the people of God aren't just given new beginnings. You know, new beginnings and new starts are not just handed out. But actually, new beginnings are, in a lot of ways, forged in the fire of repentance. New beginnings are forged in the fire of repentance. And so I want to use Psalm 30 to help us to think about new beginnings at the head of this year. But at the center of it is going to be this door to new beginnings called repentance. And you may think, oh man, talking about repentance, you know, it's supposed to be um, the beginning of a year. This is kind of heavy. But, you know, I, I really wanted to tell you that Psalm 30, as much as it is about repentance, it's a joyful psalm. It, it's a way for the Christian to find rejoicing and dancing at the beginning of this year. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Nobody does. Nobody knows what's going to happen this year. I wish I did. But today, what I want to show you is that although none of us know what's going to happen in the next 12 months. Psalm 30 tells us that regardless of what happens, there is a reason for us to go from mourning to dancing. That there's a reason for us to be dancing, and we can even dance in the pit. If 2021 ends up being a pit and not a summit, we can even find reasons to dance in the pit. And that's what I want to show you in Psalm 30. We're just going to be looking at two things in this passage, repentance and dancing. Repentance and dancing. So will you bow your heads with me? Let's ask the Lord to help us as we start out this new year. Father, as we come to you and we bow our heads at the beginning of this new year, we hope that this is a year of dancing and not mourning. But none of us know what's ahead. And we pray that you would show us why we can dance. And I pray that your spirit would come and, and give us the reasons for us to have joy in the pit and I just want to pray for the hearts of my brothers and sisters as they receive this word. I pray that their hearts will be opened 
and also soft. We might have gotten hardened this year, but I pray that your spirit would come and give us soft hearts so that when the word of God lands, amazing things can happen. And so, Father, we set our hearts before you. The softening can only come through your spirit, and so we close our eyes, bow our heads, and we say, help us, God. And we pray that you would give us the word that you have set aside for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I just, you know, I want to look at something in in this psalm together um, as we start out this year. And if you were here for New Year's Eve, you know that David, as he wrote this psalm, David is in a really bad situation. Now, we don't know what the situation is exactly, but we know that he's in a pretty bad situation. And what we saw on New Year's Eve, if you were with us, what we saw is that he actually finds reasons to give praise in the midst of the situation that he's in even though we don't know what it is. And so he praises God here for the deliverance that he feels in his soul. Now today, I want to give you a little bit of complexity and texture and nuance to that. Um, It's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, And if you look at Psalm 30, you see why. If you read verses 8 to 10 again, see what's actually happening to David here. Uh, Verse 8, it says this, To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you with a towel of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. The question I have for you is, does it sound like David has been delivered? Does it sound like David's actually been delivered from his bad situation? It doesn't sound like it to me. You see, New Year's Eve, we said that there was a reason that David had to sing praise to God. And so he said, sing with me, my brothers and sisters. Sing with me, all you saints, you people of God, because we have a reason to sing. Now, I want to add some texture to that and show you that he had a reason to sing. But if you read the passage, if you read in between the lines, it doesn't sound like he's been rescued from his situation. Why, why is he pleading for mercy? Read it again. He said, I plead for mercy. What what profit is there in my death? Why would you make me fail? What if I go down to the pit? What would be the point? Lord, be my helper. Why is David still pleading here? David is still pleading here because he's not actually saved from his circumstances. In short, David is still in the pit. David is still in the pit. He hasn't been released from his circumstances, but he yet, he still found a reason to sing, even though he wasn't rescued. You see, he still found a re- reason to sing, even though COVID wasn't eradicated. He found a new beginning, even in the pit. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, at the beginning of this year, it seems like poetic justice, or the way it should be, is that we begin this new year leaving COVID-19 behind. That would seem like, if you're writing a movie, that probably is the way that it should go, but it's not. We're still in it. We're still in it. And in fact, there's a new COVID strain that they've discovered, starting in the UK and now showing up here. We're still in the pit, and it feels like we shouldn't be. It feels like we should be rescued from our circumstances. A year is enough. Of this, And yet, here we are, uh, beginning the new year with the pit still here, still in the pit. That's why I want to show you th- Psalm 30. Because Psalm 30 is David finding reasons to rejoice without being rescued from the pit. I would argue 
that it's not until Psalm 40, it's not until Psalm 40 that David is actually rescued from whatever he is crying out about. Psalm 40 is one of my favorite psalms. You pulled, I waited patiently for the Lord, he says. I waited patiently for the Lord, and you pulled me out of the miry clay, and you set my feet upon a rock. That's Psalm 40. I would, I would say to you that Psalm 40 is where David is actually rescued from his circumstances and gives praise to God because God pulled him out of the miry clay or the pit. But Psalm 30 is not Psalm 40. Psalm 30 is before Psalm 40. I, did I say that right? 30 is before 40, right? We, you know, you get it. 30 is before 40. He's not rescued yet. No, he's not been delivered yet. And yet he's still finding reasons to praise. Now here, when you look at verse 11... He says, well, you did deliver me from something. And verse 11 says this, you loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Right? You do see a deliverance. You see kind of a loosing of something. And so what is he talking about here? Well, what's the thing that he, was, he found deliverance in? What is the sackcloth? You know, the, the reason that David is finding reasons to praise. What, what the sackcloth is, is a sackcloth of mourning and repentance. That's what David and the people of the Old Testament, they wore symbolically to show that they are repenting and that they are, they are scarred and that they are sad about their sin. And that sackcloth is the repentance that David found the reason to praise in. He found reasons to praise in that sackcloth. Now, this is the psalm that they decide to use for the dedication of the temple. Now, if I were there, if I was part of the staff, right? Uh, in that staff meeting, uh, right before the dedication of the temple, I would say, you know, why don't we use Psalm 40? Why don't we use Psalm 40? Because Psalm 40 is, you know, when David is rescued, and Psalm 40 is when everything changes, and he's actually rescued out. And look at this beautiful temple that we had. It took us a long time to make this temple. I think we should do Psalm 40. But Psalm 30, it doesn't really seem to fit the occasion, because Psalm 30, he's still in the pit. So why would we use Psalm 30 at the dedication of the temple? Let's use 40. But you see, I think there's great wisdom in David using Psalm 30 at the dedication of the temple and not 40. You see, David says, no, 30 is where we need to go. Because you see the temple, you see this building, you see this new year that is upon us, 2021. That's not where we're going to get our rejoicing from. This temple, this building, 2021, this new year, is not where our new beginning is actually coming from. Real new beginnings come through the door of repentance. Real new beginnings come from the door of repentance. That's a biblical principle, brothers and sisters, you and I need to know. Real new beginnings don't come through calendar years. They come through a heart repentance. And David says, we're dedicating this new temple, but we're not using Psalm 40. They need to know that, look, this temple is useless unless their hearts are renewed through the sackcloth of repentance. You see, brothers and sisters, that's what we need to know at the head of this year. You know, being in the pit, I think that a lot of things have happened in the pit. You know, 2020 not only was a tough year for us, but for some of us, it was a bad year for us. Not only was it difficult for you, but sins grew in 2020. In the midst of quarantine, in the midst of 
the frustration and the separation and isolation, not only was it hard, but it was bad. Maybe it was pride that grew in your heart. Maybe it was greed or, or maybe it was anger, bitterness that grew in your heart. Not only was 2020 the pit, was it hard, but it was bad for some of us. I think we need to come and confess that before God. And, and to think that we're going to have a new beginning just because the calendar has turned. Brothers and sisters, if 2020 was a bad year for you, not just a tough year, if things have grown in the dark of quarantine, you need to bring that before God. And to say, Lord, I'm walking out of 2020 with a lot of sin baggage. And I know that there is no new beginning without repentance. You see... I want to bring to you the God-provided door for new beginnings because God has provided for us doors for new beginnings and these, this door for new beginnings is repentance. You know, we love talk about, talking about revival, some more than others. We love talking about revival and renewal, but the, the biblical principle that you find over and over again is there is no renew, renewal, there is no revival without repentance. That is the God-ordained door for new beginnings. And that's why we have things like consecrate at the beginning of the year. You see, consecrate is a confession that our church will not see change just because a new year has come. But it's a confession that we need to come and we need to lay before God the things that have really grown in our hearts. We need to come before him and to receive the cleansing that comes through prayer and repentance. We do it twice a year. We do it at the beginning of the year and we do it before Easter during Holy Week. That's also a confession that we have not become holy just because it's Holy Week. But we come before God and we receive the newness and holiness of the Spirit through prayer and repentance. And at the head of this year, starting tomorrow night, brothers and sisters, at 8 p.m. every night, I invite you in to consecrate. It's going to be on Zoom. Everybody can join and this is not just a commercial for Consecrate, but the reason I'm bringing this up is we all want new beginnings. We all want a new beginning and a new start. You're not going to find it without going to the Lord in repentance. My challenge to you today is don't act like things are new if they're not new. If it's the same, don't try to create an artificial revival especially when God has given you an opportunity to find real revival, find real repentance in Him. There's no dancing without mourning. There's no dancing without mourning. We have to come to Him first in the mourning of our sin. But through that, you find the dancing that we actually are looking for in 2021. So that's the second thing I want to talk to you about. If we go to Him... In this repentance, then actually there is a new start. There is a new beginning in the Lord. And so I want to read with you verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 says this. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praises and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I would give thanks to you forever. Through the door of repentance, we find a new start a new beginning, we find what we're looking for in 2021. 
you know, I think Job is actually a really good story for us to understand. Uh, through the lens of Job, I think we, be- we better understand our situation. Because when you look at the book of Job, Job is hit with intense calamity in his life. He basically has the worst year you've, you could imagine. He loses basically everything um, that he had, his family, his life, his sickness, uh, his health uh, is lost through sickness, and he loses everything that he's been working for in, in about a year. He's had the worst you know, calamity that's ever hit him. Now, what God tells us at the beginning of the book of Job is that that calamity did not happen to him because of his sin. The calamity did not happen to him because of his sin. But inside the calamity, sin grew. Look, whenever big bad things happen to the United States, you're always going to have people saying that it's because we are sinning in this way that this happened. You're always going to find people who come out and say 9-11 happened because we are aborting children. You're always going to find people say coronavirus happened because of our greed and God is punishing us for our greed. He's punishing us for, um, for lust and hate and anger and because we're doing these things, God is punishing us. Do not listen to them. Nobody knows. Nobody knows exactly why God is doing these things. And for people to draw a direct line from the calamities that we face as a nation, as a people, as a global community, directly to specific sins, is to speak for God when they can't speak for God. Is to speak for God and to, to feign that they know the mind of God when they don't actually know the mind of God. I don't think it's helpful to say that COVID-19 happened in 2020 because of our sins as a nation. I don't think that there's a repentance there to be had. That's exactly what happened to Job. All of this stuff happens to Job and his friends come to him. And what's their advice? One of his friends say, Job, this happened to you because you're sin. You deserve this, don't you see? There's something that God wants you to repent of. And, And because of that, all this is happening to you. And Job says, but repent of what? I I don't have anything to repent for. I mean, I am a sinner, but I can't see something specific that that God is trying to bring to my attention. He says, I mean, I could repent, but that would be like mocking God. That because I don't have a conviction of sin, something to really repent of, I, I don't know what I should repent for, he says to his friend. That would be faking repentance to get past the suffering. And he says, my friend, I don't have anything to repent for. And you know what? Job was right. This calamity did not come onto Job because he did something specifically wrong, but it was a time of testing. And that happens to people of God. That happens to you and me. But calamity did not come to him because he sinned, but in the calamity, sin began to grow. When I said that, you know, you could look at Job and you'll understand our situation a little bit better. COVID-19 did not happen because of a specific sin, but inside of COVID-19, in 2020, some sins started to grow in your heart, did it not? Maybe you became bitter and angry. Maybe you became hard towards God. Your, Your heart made proud in the pit of 2020. I bring up all those things because those are the things that happened to Job. 
in the calamity. It didn't come because of his sin, but in what happened to him, his heart of pride began to grow. His heart of bitterness started to grow. He started to become an angry person. All of these things happened in his suffering. And that's what God wants to address Job about at the end of the book. He doesn't want to address Job about the things that he's lost. But he says to Job, Job, I need to talk to you about something. And the thing that I need to talk to you about is what's going on in your heart. No, there wasn't something specifically you did to deserve all of this. But I do want to talk to you about what's happening to your heart in the midst of the calamity. Your heart has gotten hardened. Your heart has gotten embittered. You've become a cold person. You've become angry and and frustrated. And I see that pride growing in your heart, Job. And that's what I want to talk to you about. You see, Job will never understand why things happen the way that they do. But he is responsible for where his heart is going in the midst of suffering. And that's what God wants to put his finger on. And that's what he addresses in Job at the end of the book. This is the process that God wants to work out with his servant. And this is the process, I think, brothers and sisters, that some of us need to go through in order to get a new beginning this year. An honest confrontation with God. I want to read to you a little bit about what Job says in Job 42. In Job 42, he he really comes to his senses. You know, it took Job a long time to understand what's going on, right? In a big chunk of the book of Job, he's trying to figure out what's going on. His friends are trying to help him out. But it's not until he really comes in confrontation with God that he's really able to understand what is going on in his heart. And here in Job 42, this is what Job says back to God. In verse 2, he says this. He says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. You see, Job is confessing. He's confessing that he got proud. He got self-righteous. He got angry. He got bitter. And he's confessing that he started to say, he's saying, my heart got hard. I was angry. I was upset. A lot of things happened to me, God. And I said things that I shouldn't have said. And I felt things that I shouldn't have felt because I was angry. And he's saying, and I'm sorry. All this stuff happened to me, you know, and I said things that I shouldn't have said, and I, things grew in my heart that really weren't there before, and I'm sorry. It's been tough here. And he says in verse 5, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust, dust and ashes. He says, when my friends came to me, I knew I didn't have anything to repent of. I knew that this, all this stuff wasn't happening to me because I was sinning, but now I know that when that stuff happened, I sinned. And now I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. He's saying, now I know I have to repent. My brothers and sisters, I wonder how many of us need to have this moment with God today. You didn't deserve everything that happened, but I wonder how many of us in the midst of what happened grew in sin. 
You're never going to have a new beginning. You're not going to have a fresh start in 2021 unless you have this repentance and confrontation with God. And when you do, the good news of the gospel, brothers and sisters, is that there is a new beginning if you go and you go to God in repentance. That's the whole thing of the gospel is that in what Jesus Christ has done, he has made a way for you when you go to him in repentance, he has made a door towards dancing. Don't you know that that's what the cross was about? That that's why he did what he did. That's why he's on Calvary. That's why all of that, because he made a way for you in that moment of confession and repentance that when you come to God, he made a new way, a new door towards dancing. Because in that, he purchased your forgiveness, He purchased grace. He purchased a new start for you so that when you go to repentance, you go in a totally different direction than you would have before. Now, repentance always leads to forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? Don't you know that it wasn't always like that? Don't you know that that's new in the gospel? That that's something that came to us through the gospel. You know, we sometimes take, it, take for granted that God will forgive us. It required the breaking apart of his only begotten son for us to have keys to that door. But in the gospel, every time we come to him in true repentance, he gives us genuine forgiveness and a new start. That's why Christians always sing. That's why Christians always sing. They're always loud and they're always playing instruments and they're always doing these things because we have secured in trust in Jesus Christ this forgiveness, a new start. We always have new beginnings in the gospel. That's why Christians are people who always go from mourning to dancing. But the door is not to wait till January 1st. But the door to dancing is always repentance. And I want to remind you of that today. That's our constant reason for dancing. You have a rock steady reason for dancing. Something you can't drop in a locker room. Or something you can't drop because you sinned last year. You can't drop because you came out of 2020 with a hard heart. You can't drop it. You can always dance because your reason for dancing is rock steady, seated in the heavens. His name is Jesus Christ. And because of him, my brothers and sisters, you you can always have a new start. You can always have a new beginning if you go in repentance. I think about Peter, you know, when he went to the Lord Jesus Christ. and And I always wonder what he was thinking fishing on that boat if he thought that there was, that was it for him. Because I think that that's what I would have thought. You know, Peter did something that many of us have never done. We, he rejected Jesus to his face and abandoned Jesus in Jesus' time of greatest need. I've never sinned that hard, I think. He sinned in ways that you and I have never sinned, and I wonder how he felt on that boat. But then he, Jesus brings him onto the beach and gives him a fresh start in repentance. Brothers and sisters, in the gospel, we have this new start. But we need to go to him in this godly sorrow. You know, Paul says there are two kinds of sorrow. He says that there's a sorrow that doesn't really help us, right? Bad and guilty, and, you know, we feel sorry that we got caught. 
But he says there's a godly sorrow. There's a kind of sorrow that leads us to repentance, the door to dancing. And he says, I'm sorry, Corinthians, that you experience sorrow, but a part of me is not sorry. Because the kind of sorrow that you experience is the kind of sorrow that brings you towards renewal. And we need that if we want a new start. I, you know, one other thing, all right, I'll, I'll say it. Um, one other thing about repentance that it is pretty awesome is this. You know, another thing about repentance is that a repentance is actually proof that you are alive. Does that make sense? It, repentance is actually proof that you are alive. This is what I mean. Repentance is something that a living heart does. You know, repentance is something that only a forgiven heart does. So a heart that's been made from stone to flesh. Stone hearts don't repent. Do you know that? Stone hearts don't repent. Only fleshly living hearts repent. And so when you come to repentance at the head of 2021, you know what that should do? Yes, it's, it doesn't feel good to repent, but what that does is it gives us proof that you are alive. Your repentance at the head of this year gives you proof that you have your name written in the book of life. Our repentance actually gives us further reason for dancing because you wouldn't be repenting if, for anything else except that God has brought you from death to life. And should you not dance because of that? You have this new start in Jesus Christ. And as we come to the beginning of this year and we come to the communion table, I want to remind you of that joy. And I want to give you a message of joy, not just mourning. We have a great reason for, for joy. And as we close the sermon, I want to point you to one passage that reminds me of this in, in Luke 15, 10, just one verse. A uh, familiar passage for many of us. It's, it's the, the message of the lost coin with the woman who's looking all over the place for this lost coin, and she finds this lost coin, and she rejoices. Uh, this week, I saw it a little bit differently, because in Luke 15, 10, it says this, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. For some reason, I always thought that the angels were singing. I always thought that the angels were rejoicing. I don't know why that is. But this week, I looked a little bit closer at the passage, and it says that there is joy before the angels, in front of the angels. And I looked at that Greek construction, and that Greek construction means in the audience of the angels, in front of the angels. The angels are watching rejoicing, you see. There's rejoicing in front of the angels when you repent. And so I asked myself, well, if the angels are watching rejoicing, who rejoices when we repent? And the answer became obvious. It's the Almighty God Himself. Your Father rejoices when you repent because he's, He knows then that you found the door to a new beginning, that you found the door to a new start. When you repent, your Father rejoices. And I, and I thought, I can't believe I read it wrong all these years. It makes perfect sense because in Luke 15, the, the lost son comes home and the Father is the one rejoicing. And he says to everybody else, come on, sing with me. I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Sing with me for your brother who was dead. He's come back home. Rejoice with me. 
And I realized it wasn't the angel singing this whole time. I realized when we repent, the father jumps up from his throne. And he rejoices over us because we found the door to a new beginning. And so once you rejoice with him, once you go to that door, because in that, you do find what you're looking for. A reason to go from mourning to dancing. A new beginning. So brothers and sisters, I call you to repentance. I call you to join us for Consecrate starting tomorrow night. Because we need to go to this door. He's given us tremendous forgiveness and grace. Don't take that for granted. But in it, we have reason to dance. Let's go to him in prayer together as we come to the communion table. As we come to the communion table, I just ask you to spend some time in reflection. You know, 2020 wasn't your fault. COVID-19 wasn't your fault. But in that, has your heart grown rotten? In that, has there been bitterness, frustration, anger, and pride that has taken root in your heart? My brothers and sisters, if we come to the Lord in repentance, he has promised us a door to dancing. And I pray that at the head of 2021, you wouldn't have a need to create an artificial new start, but to claim the new start that is in Jesus Christ, to claim um, the dancing that he has made available for you by paying for it with his own blood. Don't cheat yourself. You know, he, he offers you tremendous grace. At the head of 2021, I pray for a new start for our church members. I pray for a new beginning for you. But you have to go through the, the door of repentance. So let's spend a moment bowing our heads before we come to the communion um, to go to him, confess, and to receive the grace that he's offered to us. Let's pray together. to this communion, we receive um, the opportunity you give us at this table um, to receive a new beginning, to receive a new start. And so, Father, open up our hearts as we open up our elements. I pray that you would speak in a way that would help us to know that in being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm forgiven, and I don't take that for granted. I pray, God, for my church, I pray that forgiveness 
would land on their hearts and that today they would feel it like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, we come to um, the Lord's Supper and here um, is this tremendous message and opportunity for new beginnings for people who need them. Um, today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you know this person, this God who came in the form of man to give you a new beginning, um, I invite you to this table to partake in, in the very thing that he's made available to you. Um, today he, he brings it and he brings it right to your face. Um, what he did a long time ago, it, you know, it's kind of brought back to memory again and again. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I want to invite you into this. Um, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, um, you know, I'd love to talk to you uh, more about him. And I'd love to tell you a little bit more about him because, you know, he offers something that everybody's looking for. And that is a fresh start. That is a new beginning. And I know we're all looking for it. We're looking for it so hard that we fake it <laughs> every year in, in a way. Um, but if you don't know him, I'd love to talk to you about him and, and to introduce him to you. But until you know him, um, I'm just going to ask you to refrain from this meal um, until you know him. And also, if you have no desire for grace, if you have no desire for this fresh start, if you'd rather continue to live in the pit than to, to get to know him and to receive his grace, if you have no desire to leave behind your sins, but you love him like your babies, and you want to protect your sins, and you have no desire to move away from them, my brothers and sisters, why? Here, he has given you a fresh start. And I, I just call you to move away from him, but if you don't have the heart don't come to the table. If you don't want his grace, if you don't want his love, his forgiveness, his change, this table is not for you. Because here, he's given us a new, new start, a new opportunity. He's given us a way to look forward and not just a way to look back. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, in front of his disciples, he picked up bread like this. And he broke that bread. He said, this is my body, and I'll break it for you so that you can have a, a new beginning, so that you can have a chance, so that you can receive redemption and forgiveness. This is my body, and I'll break it for you. If you come to me, it'll be broken for you. It won't just be broken. It'll be broken for you. And each time your pastor does this, I want you to remember me that I did it for you so that you can have a new beginning in the forgiveness of my blood. And then toward the end of this meal, he picked up the cup. And he was supposed to look back. He was supposed to look back at the suffering of 2020. He was supposed to look back and say, this is the cup of our suffering. Remember the cup of our suffering in Egypt. He was supposed to say, remember back and look back at the suffering. But instead, he looks forward. He said, I don't want you to think about something old, something that already happened. I want you to think about something new. This is the cup of a new promise, a new beginning. This is the cup of the new covenant that I give to you. I'll spill out my blood for you so that you can have a new chance, so that you can have a new beginning, so that you can leave your sins behind. And in leaving your sins behind, you can have a fresh start. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood brothers and sisters, um, every time we have communion, it's this opportunity and this chance 
um, to have a new start. It's a new door. You know, um, it, it's every time we come, it's a chance for us to receive the forgiveness and grace that He paid for on the cross. He's so gracious because He keeps sending us these reminders in the Lord's Supper. It's such an invitation for you today, my brother, my sister, to come and receive His grace and to receive the forgiveness that gives you a fresh start. And so together, my brothers and sisters, if you know and love Jesus Christ, you want His forgiveness and you want a new start. Let's partake in the Lord's Supper as a family. Let's partake. ask you to stand in the presence of your Savior, in the presence of your King as he's given us his new start. He proved to us that he wasn't just a King, but he's a Savior King. He's one who has come to give us a new start. He's come to give us, pull us out of the miry clay. And even though the pit is not finished, he's given us a new beginning. Father, we thank you that you came for us and that you in what you have done have given us this ability to sing thank you for saving us you are our savior king and so our hearts are lifted to you what a king who would come and do this for sinners father today we worship you we praise you because we always have a reason to even when we're in the pit and our reason to sing and our reason for dancing is that we have been saved. So Father, we lift our voices to you and we proclaim that you are our Savior King, my Savior King. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. <laughs>